Bold Confidence Ahead podcast where we go on a journey together tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. And sometimes we also just have some fun topics on here too and interesting things that I think you guys will like. And that one is today's. We're talking about Wonder Woman and going to the question of whether or not she is truly a female empowerment figure, specifically um, in the media, in comics and movies and everything. I'm really excited to introduce you the guest today. So this is a woman not only in a degree in communications, emphasizing in public relations, but also chose to take a more scientific approach to media working in a biocommunications lab. That is a big word. (laughs) But the biocommunications lab where she worked at was the pinnacle of mass communications, studying biological responses to mass media like journalism and advertising. Whoa. (laughs) She touched all areas of communications as a news anchor, TV host, podcast host. Oh. So let me introduce to you. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm introducing you to me. Hey guys, today I'm your guest. Sorry, I had to do that big build up. It just kind of made me laugh. <laughs> but you hear my voice all the time and I have guests on here with their expertise and I decided to come on here with my expertise today. So you get a little glimpse into my life. You, you've glimpsed some fun aspects of my life. You've probably heard about my heart playing or, or Portuguese stuff. But this is my professional background, like what I'm actually what, what I do for a living besides loving to podcast. But what I really do to get paid and to eat food is communications. It's it's what I love. Um, so I did a degree in public relations and communications. But while I was in that degree, I really did want to have this scientific background. And that's, I'm telling you this, so you know, as you're listening to this podcast, this is how we're approaching this discussion, which will make Wonder Woman so interesting, I promise you. But I came from this biocommunication, so let me explain that kind of really big word. Um, Like I said earlier, it's the intersection of biology and communications. So what that looks like, let me just kind of give you an example. So we would bring participants in to our lab and connect them up to some really cool gadgets like galvanic skin response that that tracks your arousal level and your heart rate level uh, arousal of emotions and then we'd show the advertisements and we'd watch their body's biological response it's like would they have faster heart rates according to a certain color on the advertising or would a music on the back of a journalism piece affect how they perceived and paid attention to the journalism so we would track how the body changed changed according to mass media another project that was really interesting is how emotions changed on different social media platforms and another one was the effect of snapchat filters on body image so those were the kind of things i dealt with during college that kind of built this this love of using media as a channel to teach people but also tracking it scientifically And I say that because it actually all kind of came together with Wonder Woman. And that seems kind of interesting. You're like, wait a minute. Okay, Wonder Woman, science, media, what? Yes, this is going to blow your mind. I promise you. You're going to be mind blown about Wonder Woman when you finish this episode. But um, with my love of science, I decided to do a senior capstone on the mass media effects of Wonder Woman. Because I grew up watching that old 70s TV show of Linda Carter, that she was honestly, she is my Wonder Woman, guys. Oh, I loved that TV show. So uh, (laughs) this is 
honestly, I'm telling you this. So I would dress up in like tights and a leotard and put on bracelets and I'd crumple up paper and then my, I'd tell my mom to throw it at me so I could like deflect the bullets like Wonder Woman. Like I was a little bit obsessed with Wonder Woman. She was kind of my icon, my hero growing up. So looking at her scientifically was really interesting for me to see, because I know in society sometimes I've had conversations with different peoples about the movies of Wonder Woman, about the comic books of Wonder Woman. Some people say that she empowers females and some people say that she does not. And so I've kind of been just perceived her as this icon and I wanted to take a step back and scientifically analyze like, okay, does she truly empower or is she having a negative or positive effect on mass media? So that's kind of what I wanted to do and how Wonder Woman changed over time. So you guys are going to think this is so cool. Well, I think it's so cool too. It's a little bit mind-blowing what we can find out about Wonder Woman. So we're going to go on this journey together. I'll weave to you, I'll weave you through the story of how I got this research together and a few facts and figures about Wonder Woman you probably never knew. Um, And basically, we're just going to have fun, you guys. This is going to be a fun time. Whether or not you are a Wonder Woman fan, it's just going to be interesting learning about this story, her research and and the facts and figures and how they tie together to her positive or negative image of mass media and you can apply that to just about any any different comic book hero or just any icon in the media so this is going to be so interesting (laughs) you guys you probably never thought so deeply about wonder woman especially on this probably warm, sunny afternoon. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sitting in my podcast room, so I can't tell if it's warm and sunny, but I'm assuming it's warm and sunny, (laughs) but you are in for a treat. This is going to be a blast. And before I start, I just wanted to give some, some good time and a moment for our sponsors because without them, you guys, this podcast wouldn't be possible. And I started this podcast because I went on my own journey of turning over my fear of finance to confidence because I had an experience that made me afraid to manage my money until I found some video courses that Utah Money Moms was producing. Um, I found their free finance calendars, webinars, and some short videos they had released that helped me through my fear of finances and helped helped me to start to want to learn about finances. So I want you to be able to feel that financial confidence as well and that financial freedom. Um, And that's through their website. You can go to utahmoneymoms.com or their Instagram at at utahmoneymoms. And also a little side note for our Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners, another huge help for us and help for me for getting over my financial fear is the Power Pay Money course. And I just wanted to let you know they're another one of our sponsors. At the end of the podcast, I always give a code for the Money Master course, which is $40, and the code gets it to you for free. So make sure to listen all the way through to get that. But I just wanted to say right there, thank you to Utah Money Moms. They are fabulous. So just again, their website is utahmoneymoms.com. They really have helped me so much. Like that is my personal journey. And I want you to have that fabulous journey as well, going through that fear or wherever you are with finances into confidence or just more knowledge. So you guys, without further ado, woo, further ado, (laughs) that's what I want to say. Without further ado, let's have a party. Let's learn about Wonder Woman. 
so back to this. So back to this idea that I loved Linda Carter, the 1972 TV show. That kind of also turned into comics or also my sister and I totally wore Wonder Woman t-shirts to high school. Like we just loved her as a character growing up and just watching her. <laughs> I think about you guys, the 70s TV show was awesome and like the special effects now, I thought they were so cool when I was growing up and now I'm like, man, we've come a long way, but it's still an awesome TV show, Linda Carter. Oh, maybe one day if anyone can make it happen, I would love her on my podcast. I just love her. So if anyone has connections to Linda Carter, let me know. That would be my dream come true. Anyways, so loved Wonder Woman growing up. Um, and so this is the interesting thing. So with some research that I've done, so besides Superman and Batman, no one, like no, no individual superhero has lasted so long. And that's such an honorable title and isn't true for all American superheroes. So that's, let me kind of reiterate that sentence. So Superman and Batman have been part of our comic book or super superhero ideology for a long time. And Wonder Woman is the only other superhero who has that longevity in her presence. And also like this, not only longevity is that she's lasted, but also popularity um, to the point that she's also gotten her own TV shows and movies and comics and actually back in her time she was one of the only characters not only one of the only superheroes to have her own comics like there was only a few superman and batman had their own comic books about them you'd have like the justice league and the superheroes interacting together but she was one one of the only there was a few but one of the only to hold her own comic books and she was female and at that time when it was created in 1941 that is a huge deal also we're still we're still at the time wonder woman was created dealing with women's rights and progression of women's rights so it's really interesting she is an interesting superhero to study because of that she has this longevity even since she began in 1941 she had this this presence that was totally unprecedented with her um with her times. So that's why we really want to also dive into to Wonder Woman, not only because I love her, <laughs> but because she's kind of this interesting phenomenon. So let me just kind of tell you a little bit of the history of Wonder Woman first. And from there, we'll get into my findings on research. That's just going to blow your mind. But these are going to be things that you probably don't realize about Wonder Woman. But okay, let's go back in time. Woo! time machine in the TARDIS whatever you're in <laughs> okay back to 1941 okay so back to good old times big bad music all that stuff okay 1941 Wonder Woman was created by William Moulton Marston and his wife Elizabeth so William was an interesting man he is very smart he held I believe, yep, right here, three degrees from Harvard and was an internationally famous psychologist. So it's kind of interesting that it came from William, um, this idea of Wonder Woman. He created her with very specific intention and research in mind. And this is what he said about creating Wonder Woman. He said, the initial intent of Wonder Woman was to portray a positive female role model who was equal in strength to Superman while retaining her femininity. 
Okay, that's so interesting to me because that's a lot of the arguments that we sometimes hear about Wonder Woman is um, we often hear that she's lost femininity or she's not he, uh, woman empowerment because she fights. Anyways, so the intent was a very smart man with three Harvard degrees, famous international psychologist, wanting to have a positive female role with strength and femininity. That's fascinating. So he also said the following, frankly, Wonder Woman is a psychological propaganda for the new type of woman who I believe should rule the world. Oh, what? <laughs> okay, interesting. So he's kind of through this medium of originally comic books. So this was Wonder Woman was initially a comic book and a comic character, and then it's turned into to so many things of movies, of of a lot video games, lots of things. But she was initially written as a comic book character. So he saw this as psychological propaganda, literally using psychology and media to help women kind of raise into society and and rule society. So that's just interesting to me. Um just one other quote from the author of the original author of Wonder Woman. Not even girls want to be girls so long as their fem feminine archetype lacks strength, force, and power. Women's strong qualities have been despised because of their weaknesses. So he said that in with this idea, um, and he wrote this in the American Scholar. He he was writing this article on why women don't see themselves as superheroes back in the time and how women wanted to be a superhero like Batman and Superman. And they didn't have someone with a feminine archetype that had both this feminine qualities that they attributed to and also strength and power. So it was like for women at the time, they were having a hard time both being feminine and being strong. And William Moulton Marston wanted to bridge that together and say, okay, basically psychological propaganda telling women you can both be feminine and strong and have a contribution in society. So having that view of Wonder Woman is really interesting. That original intent of Wonder Woman was this psychological propaganda. It's really interesting. And like I said, so 1941 is when Wonder Woman started and it was originally created in comic books so in dc comic books and it, fun fact if you didn't know dc stands for detective comics so <laughs> kind of funny so she was written wonder woman was written as this woman empowerment but automatically immediately wonder woman went through scrutiny saying ah oh, this isn't woman empowerment specifically in the 50s so in the 50s it said okay this is attacking our image of what the what the woman ideal is and went under a lot of scrutiny saying a lot of things. And specifically it was around the same time, a very influential media, a mass media effects book was written and it's called the seduction of the innocent. Now that seems really interesting. Um, that's actually a book. Um, and now we have different research, but it was a book on why written in the fifties on why comic books were brainwashing children and juvenile figures like teenagers as well um and now we have a lot of different knowledge at the time but they the claim of the book was 
um, saying that these novels, these graphic novels, were completely brainwashing children and destroying society as it was. So we have to realize that this book, Seduction of the Innocent, was written on what we call now and what we what we now go back and look at was false scientific premises. So the research done was not done with full authenticity. It was false research. So they had good scientific methods, but they didn't get the, they were biased people that were in the study. And so their results were not true. But um, also our vision has been updated. So it's really interesting. So they said that with this book and around the critics at the time, here's some quotes in newspapers that they said about Wonder Woman. But I think this is interesting. Women in these stories are placed on equal footing with men and indulge in the same type of activities. And they thought that was just disgusting. Disgusting. Um, another quote in the newspaper article said, women found feminism in Wonder Woman repulsive. That's just fascinating. So you have these two, um, these two different arguments. One from Harvard, three degrees guy, original author, who's like, this is what femininity and strength is. This is women empowerment. And then you have in the 50s, this idea of, no, comic books are brainwashing your children. This is not acceptable. Women are doing the same things as men. This is not feminism. So it's kind of the same discussions that we're actually having today. It's just a little bit updated knowledge. But as I walk you through the research, you're going to be able to decide for yourself what side of the argument you're on. And it's not right or wrong. It's just learning along the way. So it's interesting. Um, so also back in the 50s, there was this outcry of all comic books, just saying that they were totally brainwashing the kids. There was parental fears to the point there is congressional hearings. Isn't that crazy? They like went to the Supreme Court because comic books they thought were bad. And you have to realize comic books back then are like way toned down from what we have now. Can you imagine like your mom or dad going into the Supreme Court like with a comic book in hand like no this doesn't this is terrible like that's just so totally different from society nowadays so they the parents won it was this decades-long battle over control of comic book content and um so what happened after that is the the comic books code was um created to help these parents feel comfortable with con comic books and not have comic books totally go out of business forever. So what happened is the comic book codes meant that you couldn't have certain gore or certain physicality or certain um, violence in the stories, and it would be printed with a stamp on a, of approval. So if you go back to some old copies of comic books, you can actually see like, oh, there's a stamp of approval. It's like a little golden stamp. Uh, you can see comic book code or it'll just say comic book code on it. You'll know that that in the t at the time was in the comic book code. So later on, that comic book code has dissolved as we have progressed through society and it's become a little bit more irrelevant, but it only dissolved in 2011. Like that's pretty recent and it just became irrelevant nowadays and we have different content and different codes of our society. So it just kind of faded out in the 80s. It weakened 2011. It completely dissolved. But go back and look at any of your old comic books and see if it has that comic book code. Really interesting. So Wonder Woman did go through some changes. Her original writer 
um, had her with all of her actions, fighting, um, with femininity and strength. And then you have to realize in this comic book code era that things changed. She was doing different activities. You can actually see it in the 70s. She went a lot back to these household items and household chores. You'll see a lot of comics with Wonder Woman actually falling in love or things like that. So she changed throughout the decades. Um, and it's just undergone a lot of scrutiny, you know, sometimes saying, oh, she needs to be more active in society or, oh, she should be doing more what we would have called the 50s idolist, like idolistic, what's the word I want? 50s image of a woman of household chores. So she's changed. And also you have to realize Wonder Woman has had different authors throughout times. And that is different authors for the comic books. And that's also different authors for the movies. So she's portrayed in very different lights. So over time, we can get a really good idea of what Wonder Woman has how Wonder Woman has changed and where were the fears in society at the time? Because if she's not fighting as much, then that's what they were valuing as women, not fighting. Or if she was, or we can actually see societal trends through Wonder Woman. And that's because she has lasted through all this scrutiny, which is so interesting. She's one of the only superheroes that has undergone so much scrutiny and lasted still through it. So we're still left with this question and society's still going through this question. 2011, we're still dealing with this. Does woman or woman empower women? So to answer that question, I tracked 10 things throughout the comic books. And I started with the comic books in the 40s all the way to 2000. And I coded these comic books, meaning I went through, I read, and I tracked if they had these 10 things. Men having acts of violence of, and that means offensive and defensive acts of violence. Women having acts of violence acts of violence, offenses, defensive, women having acts of physical combat, men having acts of physical combat, whether there was weapon combat, um, sexual commentaries by men and women, the functionality of the outfit, that has definitely been changed over time with Wonder Woman. Her outfit has been a skirt to shorts to just a, like a swimsuit looking thing. Like it has gone undergone many many changes and that has also come with scrutiny as well and any anti-men statements in there because sometimes the women empowerment came as anti-men and sometimes it came in support as men working with women and I, I personally I believe that empowerment is not tearing another gender or identity down but rather building each other up um so I did want to track that because to me, that wasn't empowerment. So I did this coding and let me tell you some interesting things over the decades for you to understand how Wonder Woman has changed. And then you decide with her changes. Really interesting. I think the first thing that was both surprising and concerning to me was the data on women acts of violence. So I was just tracking whether or not Wonder Woman and other women, bad or good, in the comics were punching or were kicking or were using a gun or her lasso. Any of those I considered as acts of defense or offense, just acts of violence in general. So I categorized both offense and defense. So offense was anything. So if, a, if any character did an act of violence first, like slash a sword, then the Defense would be slashback, right? Um, offense would be unprovoked violence, right? And being the first one to act. So I was tracking both of those. And the thing that was most interesting in all of Wonder Woman, except for in the 40s when she was originally created, 
those two have an inverse relationship. So if there was offensive women, so women attacking, then there was almost 0% of the actions of women were defensive or other way around. All acts were defensive, but no offensive. And the trends over time switch. In the 60s, we had all defensive, no offensive. In the 80s, we have almost all offensive, no defensive. So it switched over time. But I thought that was really interesting in comics that it was all or nothing for women. Either they were the ones attacking or there was the ones defending. There was no parallel trend. So I was looked at that with men in the Wonder Woman comics to see if that was the same issue. And it wasn't. It was parallel lines in their graphs. So whenever offensive went up, so did defensive violence. And it was just parallel trends. So I kind of thought that was interesting. Also looking back at the data, so back to the women and violence dynamic, that to me was almost scary saying women could only be one or the other, only on offense, only on defense, which for men in comic books, they could have both. So to me, that was saying that this is an unrealistic portrayal of women, right? Because that's not normal. And obviously it wasn't with, with the men categorized throughout all the comics as well. So that was interesting, except for in the 40s. That's the only piece of data that has equal offense to defense for women as well as men. So that's the only time with the original intent of the author, with our original author, that he truly had that idea of women empowerment. And he was saying, okay, there's offense and defense in our lives. And he portrayed that very well. So that was interesting to me and concerning as well, that media is portraying women all or nothing. And I would hope like the original intent of the author, that it can be both strength and soft, both offense and defense, because that wasn't an issue for men. That was only an issue for women in the Wonder Woman comics. That was the first insight that I thought was interesting. The other thing that I thought was concerning or interesting, actually concerning to me, was women's defensive role or their their assertiveness to be defensive for themselves and the presence of a weapon in the story, in the comic book story. So there was a trend that whenever there was a lot of weapons used against Wonder Woman, then her defensiveness was down. Um, that was specifically in the 70s. And now we have to take a little bit of historical backseat again that th this is back at that time where we had just gone through the congressional hearings. We had just gone through the comic book code. So it's interesting that society had put this box around women saying, okay, well, we can have... We can have weapons in there, but we can't have women actively defending themselves. So we have to put a historical backseat on that um, with that women in defense, but it wasn't happening for men and weapons. So obviously the comic book code didn't restrict men to be defensive whenever a, a weapon was present, but it did restrict in some ways, women. So that was really interesting. You really see that trend in the 60s, 70s, and in the 80s. And then now it's starting to get, this is the first time in the 2000s and until now where that's starting to, uh, to have a better trend and the lines of both defensive and a weapon are coming closer. I'm saying lines because I'm looking at a graph, you guys. So um, the peaks and valleys are starting to normalize and those two things are 
and that's what you'd hope for, right? You'd be more defensive if there's a weapon present. I And I'd hope that you wouldn't have to be overly defensive if there was no weapon. So that was something that was interesting to me in society and how our societal hearings and our court cases influenced what was in the media. So I want to leave you with one more piece of my research that I did, and that's the quotations of these female empowerment statements that I saw in the original comics, and I thought these were interesting. Okay, quote from one of the comics. It's literally in there next to a picture of Wonder Woman like leaping through um, the woods, and it says, charging into the midst of the Japanese truce. Troops, Wonder Woman drives a wedge of fierce fighting femininity. Woo, that alliteration. Fierce fighting femininity. Interesting, right? That this is the original writer again. Back to this idea, fierce fighting and femininity. Okay, this one's also super interesting to me. Um, this is in this comic, there's a man and a woman. Well, man and Wonder Woman. And there's someone approaching Wonder Woman. And the man says, beware, it's a trap. And Wonder Woman responds, women have nothing to fear from women because it's another woman approaching. And that's interesting to me. It's kind of this like building womanhood when the original author was not a woman. One more just for really interesting. So this is Wonder Woman's mother. They're back on her island. If you didn't know, Wonder Woman is not human. She comes from this island that's not in America. It's a, she's not, she's this American figure, but she's not American. Kind of interesting. So this is Wonder Woman's mother crowning Paula because they just had this kind of festival and, and fighting and championship thing. So anyways, interesting. This is what the quote says of the mother talking. You alone, Paula, have passed these tests you win because you have you have the will to victory. Men have not made you inferior. You realize the true strength of woman. My daughter, you shall present to our goddess. Interesting. Okay, so just interesting little comic. Sorry, it was a little small text, so I was looking at that. Just interesting that it had this, the strength of a woman was realizing that they were not inferior to men. So back to that original intent of the author. So I want to pull up those facts and figures. So now you can decide for yourself. I hope you have your mind a little bit blown about these, these facts and figures that I just pulled out. So about the statistical analysis between the two, the trends of when offense and defense, how they were inverse relationships, and also how the weapons made women less defensive in Wonder Woman and over time. And then also these women empowerment quotes. So it's up to you now to decide, is Wonder Woman a female empowerment character? And I'll respond for me and then you respond for you. And I'd love it if you let me know your thoughts. You could always find me on Instagram at, at Katieann underscore Powell, or you can email me at thefullconfidenceahead at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and what you think about Wonder Woman. So my personal analysis is I believe in the original Wonder Woman. So in the 40s, Wonder Woman, that initial comic book, that to me is female empowerment. I do think that she was originally this fierce fighting force that was also feminine and to me empowerment is embodying those innate or what I perceive as innate women qualities as well as having these strong qualities that we sometimes attribute to masculinity which I just perceive as strength so to me the 40s version of Wonder Woman is female empowerment now over the decades 
nah, it gets a little bit foggy for me. But all in all, I still love Wonder Woman. I hope you do too. Let me know what you think. Do you think she is a character of empowerment? Or do you think that we've lacked a true female power here in society as a superhero? What do you think? Let me know. Like I said, on my Instagram at Katie underscore pal or on my email fullconfidenceahead at gmail.com. You guys, that was fun. Until next time. I think a lot of times the feeling of fear comes from a lack of control in our lives. And our sponsor, PowerPay, is offering a money master course that's normally $40 for free to all Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners so you can take control of your finances this year. The course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. So to claim your course, go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Pal, which is K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N-P-O-W-E-L-L, and it'll automatically add the money master course to your cart and you just click checkout and you'll get it for free. You can also access your course by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category, then using the code KATIEAN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N, with no spaces, to claim your $40 discount and free course at checkout. So let's master our money together. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.